1: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Talking Chop podcast. This is episode 50. Uh, I'm Carlos Colazzo as always. Uh, Brad Roland is out today, but to celebrate episode 50, we have someone much smarter, much more fun to talk to. We have uh, Kevin McAlpin. How's it going, Kevin? Carlos, I am doing well and it is truly an honor to be here with you, my friend. Yeah, we've needed to get you on the podcast for a while, Kev. <laughs> it's been a while since I've talked to you in general. Uh, so this is going to be fun. If you guys don't know Kevin, which if you're following the Braves, you undoubtedly do, he is a Braves reporter for Braves Radio Network and 680 The Fan in Atlanta. So he knows a thing or two about the Braves, and we're going to pick his mind today about the team and the upcoming season and whatnot. But uh, I guess before we get into the Braves, Kevin, what does a Braves radio reporter do in the off offseason? What, what <laughs> <gonna do? laughs>
0: well, it depends on who you're asking. If you're asking guys like Mark Bowman or Dave O'Brien, those guys are actually doing work in the off season and they're (laughs) writing stories and being productive. For me, it's just a matter of chasing around a 21 month old, which has, uh, has been a a lot of work in and of itself, Mm -hmm. but you could uh, argue that that's even more work. you, You know what? Tell that to Bowman someday for me, okay? <laughs> when he wants to argue that they do a lot more work, you you just you you have my back when you uh, when you tell him that that could be more work. And it's funny because you know we we've uh, had a couple of different babysitters this off season, mm-hmm. and Mark Bowman has been one of those guys who really? has actually watched my child and wow. you know what, believe it or not, done a pretty darn good job of it. So if,
1: uh, if you had to break down Mark Bowman's babysitting skills, um, maybe give oh. us a little scouting report. Do you have that? Was he any good at it? <laughs> I can't imagine him taking care of <laughs> a A little kid, but I guess he did that for me
0: one summer. Well, every time – yeah, he did. He did did a fine job of doing that. You certainly uh, had – certainly one of the best guys uh, in Major League Baseball to have a chance to uh, learn from. But I'll tell you, his child-rearing skills for a guy who never had kids of his own, he did a pretty darn good job. Every time I came home, the house was still in one piece. You know, The the fire alarm wasn't going off. Max wasn't bleeding. So I considered all of those as as win-wins. So he, he did a heck of a job.
1: That's fantastic. Well, When your kid starts playing for West Virginia, I guess you know who to go to.
0: Yeah, West Virginia football and uh, what's well, it, Dayton in basketball. Yeah. And I don't know why the two don't go together and we only root for one or the other. And it, I can just tell you one thing, Los. He will never, ever, ever be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'll oh, tell you that. Come much. on. You don't like the Steelers?
1: <laughs> They're fantastic. No. I mean, didn't make it this year, but I guess well, if we're going to touch a- on football, you've got to pull for the Falcons, right? Yeah. I'm not from yeah. Atlanta, but.
0: No. You know what, though? It's great for the city. I'll I'll be honest for you. I mean, you know, when you look around and you see all the people and you see all the car flags and you see the – the pep rallies and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think to what uh, Josh Passner over at Georgia Tech has said a couple times. I've been uh, covering some of their games this off season, mm-hmm. he said, you know, what the Falcons are doing is so great for the city of Atlanta because so many people are talking about Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There's so much focus on Atlanta. It's going to help Tech. It's going to help the other pro sports teams. Everyone's pulling for each other. And you know, me personally, being from outside of Philadelphia, uh, Matt Ryan, a guy who grew up 20, 30 minutes from mm-hmm. me, so I got to pull for the guy from Philly, man.
1: Yeah, it should be a good game. If you guys don't know, we're recording this before the Super Bowl. So uh, we haven't watched it yet. When you're listening to this, it'll probably be afterwards. So hopefully you are uh, celebrating a Falcons Super Bowl victory. But if not, uh, I guess you can take solace in the fact that Braves season is around the corner. Uh, speaking of the Braves, uh, Kevin, what did you think of their off season? It wasn't too crazy, but uh, we started out with some pretty big rumors. Some rumors of guys like Chris Sale, Chris Archer, Jose Quintana mm-hmm. coming to the team. What did you think of those initially? Did you ever think that was a realistic possibility?
0: I'll be honest with you, Los. I did not see anything big like that happening. I think when mm-hmm. you look at what the front office has done, what you look what John Coppolella and John Hart have done in this rebuild process, you know they've pretty much stuck to the plan. They haven't veered or or detoured too much. They're going out there finding uh, ways to refill a farm system and uh, as opposed to going out there and giving up three, four top prospects for a guy who could be a two- or three-year, quote-unquote, rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was not surprised at the direction they went in going out and bringing in a couple of veterans like Bartolo Colon and R.A. Dickey and Jaime Garcia as well. Uh, guys on one-year contracts that uh, you know won't block any of these top prospects, uh, guys like Sean Newcomb and some of the other – I mean we could, we could do a whole hour. Mm-hmm we're talking about the prospects and uh, the pitchers that are are getting closer and closer to being ready so I think it accomplishes a number of goals to be honest with you Carlos I think first and foremost they're going out and they're finding guys that can eat innings Mm -hmm. and that was really a spot they struggled in last year you know you're seeing uh, guys like Whistler and Blair and and Jenkins and some of the other young pitchers struggle to get through three four and five innings you know the second and Second time through the order uh, was just a disaster. I think the other thing you're looking at, too, with these guys is they're going to go out there and throw strikes. Bartolo especially. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not going to blow you away with velocity, but he's going to be out there. He's going to be throwing strikes. He's not going to be walking anybody. And, uh, you know, talking to guys in the Braves clubhouse the last couple of years that had to face him, you know, he throws 88, but his ball moves four different directions when it goes 88. And it's very frustrating. So I think, uh, you know, the, the direction and, and the the roadmap that they've had uh, with this rebuild the last couple of years has stayed fairly consistent. And I don't, did not expect them to, to land a big starter given the price tag that some mm. of these guys were, were going to be getting.
1: Yeah, you heard a ton of a ton of these prices thrown out there. I mean, there's a couple of trades that really just blew you away. I thought that it might be a good idea for the Braves, honestly, to uh, try and trade one of their stars, Julio Tehran. I feel like he would bring back a, a big a big package. And then uh, with the trajectory the team is on, I was really kind of with you with those those ace pitchers. I feel like it would be a little bit too soon to go after one of them. But um, as as far as 2017, obviously, this is a big year for the team moving into the new park. Uh, this is a year that several people have kind of pointed to as the year that the team wants to start competing again. Do you think they're at that point where they're going to be competitive in the division this season, or do you think it's going to take another year?
0: Well, I think, you know, they're going to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think, you know, you look at the way they finished last season, uh, the way the last 40 or 50 games went, especially when you added Matt Kemp's bat into the middle of that lineup and and the way the offense really took off. Uh, You know, what Ender Enciarte did was outstanding, uh, given the fact that he had such a slow start with that hamstring injury. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a guy that uh, goes out and wins a gold glove defensively. I think he's got uh, probably a few more of those in his future. So hopefully he's got a a pretty big display uh, case in his living room or wherever he has it. Mm -hmm. But I think the way the offense took off was really, really encouraging. Uh, Again, you, you know, you talk about trying to find that protection for Freddie Freeman that he just didn't have the last couple of years. Uh, And Kemp certainly proved to be that guy. So uh, I like what we saw from the offense. Uh, You know, again, the starting rotation, it's going to be it's all about the starters this season. Mm -hmm. If the starters can go out there and do what they're capable of and what they've been able to show the last handful of years if the offense stays where it is. The bullpen uh, certainly took steps forward last year. You know, you've, you've got Jim Johnson back and you've got some other key pieces returning. So uh, I think that uh, this team can certainly be a lot closer to 500 uh, as far as, you know, contending for a division. Probably a little far-fetched to think they could do that this year. But who knows? look, teams have injuries. You know, the Nationals still have some questions. The, the Mets do as well. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that they could certainly be closer mm-hmm. to the top of the division this year than they have been the last couple. But uh, I think 2018 is probably the year where you can really pencil and say, look, you know, you, you can see the trajectory. You can see the path going forward in 17 and then really leading to a lot of excitement for 2018 as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And. Speaking of uh, the new park this season, I know you've got a chance to actually get in there a couple times when they were yeah. doing some construction stuff. What is that like? Have you, have you kind of seen anything that maybe the public is not aware of or is there anything in particular you're excited for? Obviously it's a new park in general seems like a, a pretty exciting thing to be involved in, but what is kind of the progress there?
0: I'll tell you what it's uh, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. I've probably been over to the ballpark, map four or five times this off season mm-hmm. and, and it's, Outstanding. I mean, the, the whole facility from uh, the Battery Atlanta, where all the bars and restaurants and shopping and entertainment will be, uh, to the ballpark itself, to the sight lines. Uh, had a chance to tour the whole facility and, and look at it from the lower level, from the Hank Aaron Club in left field, from the upper deck. Um, so it, it is just going to be a magnificent facility. And I know there's still some folks that are wondering, you know, why did the Braves need a new ballpark? The first time you step foot in this place, you're going to understand why Mm -hmm. they wanted to do this. It is unbelievable. And I'll tell you, I have been to just about every ballpark in the country, including a bunch that are no longer in existence. And this is certainly going to be up there as one of the best facilities I've ever seen. So I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm kind of bummed we're going to be in Orlando while all the (laughs) finishing touches are are being put on it. But uh, that place is going to be rocking on March 31st. And it's going to be a lot of fun when we come back. Uh, for that exhibition game to see how everything comes together. But uh, yeah. yeah, again, it's it's a world-class facility and, and just the entertainment options around it. Uh, this is going to be like something folks around here have never seen before.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I guess the biggest question is, is your seat in the press box going to be better or worse <laughs> than Turner Field?
0: Well, I don't think it would be worse. I, you know, I haven't <laughs> had a chance to pick it out just yet. I, I thought about it a couple of weeks ago. We mm-hmm. were moving uh, equipment into our radio booth, and I thought about just sliding like a backpack or something there <laughs> and just leaving it for when we come this back from recent, Orlando. Yeah, there you go. yeah just kind of claiming one. Uh, but I figure they'll let guys like Bowen and O'Brien have the best ones, you know, those guys. <laughs> those guys get the pick of the litter, and, and I'll probably uh, – I'll take whatever I can get. I'm uh, You know me, i so I'm pretty low-key. So, uh, but, no, it, it's it, the sight lines, even from up top where, where the press box is, fantastic, very close to the action. So uh, I, I think my seat will be a little bit better than it was in the years past. Not that I had a bad seat. Mm-hmm, no. you, you know where I was. That I was right underneath one. the – I was right under the air conditioning vent and, and, a, and a quick jaunt over to the, to the ice cream, <laughs> the machine. Ice cream so I, machine. Yeah. I was loving it. Yeah. I was. Well, I was I hope they good have here. an ice
1: cream machine for you this year. <laughs> Kev, Cause
0: Oh, I, I do too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. And um, <laughs> spring training's around the corner. I, I, I imagine you're going to spring training this year as you normally do. I am leaving a week from tomorrow, believe it or not. All right. So what are you looking forward to for spring training? Any particular guys that you're excited to see in camp? Obviously, going to be awesome to see Bartolo in a Braves seriously he's maybe the most exciting player in the game but uh, yeah. are there any any specific guys that you're looking forward to seeing maybe for the first time or just seeing again to kind of see the development with them
0: I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to seeing some of the younger players some mm-hmm. of these young guys that are getting a chance uh, to go into big league camp for the first time guys like Travis DeMeritt and Uh, You know, obviously we saw Albies last year, Mm -hmm. but excited to see how he looks coming off the injury uh, that he had at the end of last season. Uh, Ben Ingram and I had Dustin Peterson on our weekly Braves clubhouse report show Mm -hmm. uh, this past week, looking forward to seeing him in person. You know, a lot of these guys we're going to kind of lay eyes on really for the first time in game action this season, but you're right. When you talk about Bartolo putting on that Tomahawk (laughs) for the first time, that will be a lot of fun. Another guy I'm excited to see, Uh, and I fully expect him to be the opening day second baseman is Sean Rodriguez, you know, a guy that's a versatile player, brings a lot of energy, a high, uh, high energy, high excitement type guy. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what he can bring for this ball club. Uh, So those are some of the guys that I'm looking forward to. And again, you know, guys like AJ Minter, if he gets a chance to get into some game action or, mm. or whoever it may be, there's just so many young players uh, that, uh, you know, getting a chance to, to finally lay eyes on these guys uh, that we've talked about for so long. And then I'll be honest, like, you know, there's not a lot of years where I've thought about going to the backfield to watch minor league workouts more yeah. than I have this year. And, and I think I'll be doing that quite a bit. And one of those guys that on the backfield I'll be looking forward to seeing is Chris Medlin, our old friend who's back. He's on a minor league deal (laughs) coming off an injury just to see what kind of shape he's in. Because Mm -hmm. if he goes out there and performs well, you know, there's a chance that you know, maybe he starts the season at Gwinnett. Maybe we do see him at some point in Atlanta. Uh, Chris just one of the really, really good guys that I got a chance to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a chance to play softball with him back in <laughs> November and see him here in town. So uh, really excited to, to see him back as well.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. We talked about Chris uh, on the last podcast, I believe, when we found out that he was going to be coming back. I think in general, Braves fans love a guy like Chris Medlin. Just such a nice guy. And then he did extremely well for the Braves in 2012, I believe. Do you think that he's still got something in the tank? Because obviously he's a starter and a reliever he could fill a bunch of different spots for you if he's healthy if he can actually uh do some of the stuff they did a few years ago but do you expect him to to get some innings with the big league team this year or is it kind of more of a well, need well okay. to see him i guess I-
0: yeah, I think you need to see him, and I think that's the big benefit of, mm. of him being here on a minor league deal. There's uh, there's not a lot of rush. They're not going to be you know trying to get him in game action quick. You know, if he's still not 100% and needs till March or, or May or June, to, you know, to, to stay in the minors or stay in extended spring to get back to be 100%, uh, I think that that is is something that he's going to have an opportunity to do. So I think it's still too early to say. I, what I will tell you about Chris, though, if there's anybody. Vic can bounce back from all the injuries he's had the last few years. It's a guy like Chris Medlin. He's a really mentally strong guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he works extremely hard. And I'll never forget, you know, seeing him come off the mound in Port St. Lucie a few years ago when he blew out that elbow for the second time and seeing him jog off and just thinking, oh no, mm-hmm. you know, is this the last time? Is this the end of Chris Medlin's career? Well then you see him come back. You see him get a two-year deal from the Kansas City Royals, go out and win a World Series. Uh, be able to pitch in the postseason with them. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, excited for him to be able to, to get a ring. Uh, Obviously last year didn't go the way he wanted it to, but Mm. uh, you know, if there's anybody that has that mental toughness, mental fortitude, I guess, if you want to call it, it's Chris Medlin. So I do think there is a chance again, it all it all hinges on if he can get healthy and stay healthy. Uh, but uh, you know, again, a guy who brought so much to this mm-hmm. team, like you saw, like you talked about a few years ago. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to, to, to just seeing him and, and talking to him and, and seeing you know where he is as far as his health con- is concerned.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and I want to touch back real quick to Sean Rodriguez, the guy you mentioned who you yeah. said you think is going to be the starting second baseman on opening day. Um, obviously he had a really good year last <clears throat> season. Um, a three forty nine on base percentage, five ten slugging percentage. And then the, the years previous to that, not as good offensively. Do you think, uh, is, do you think he's going to be the hitter that he was in 2016 or do you think it's more in between what he did last year and then, uh, what he did in 2015 and 14 for the raising pirates, do you know, yeah, you can, probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he had a, a really good year last year. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him work with Kevin Seitzer, uh, just getting a chance to, to even talk to guys this off season uh, guys like Tyler Flowers and Ender and about working with sites and his mm-hmm. approach and his uh, trying to keep things simple guys really enjoy working with Kevin Seitzer. So maybe there's an opportunity even for Rodriguez to build on last year, you know, again, as he g- gets used to his new situation here. But um, I-, I think it's probably somewhere between, you know, 15 and 16 was what you can expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I-, I think you're going to see him play quite a bit and he's a versatile guy. Obviously he can play, pretty much anywhere you want in the infield. You can put him in the outfield as well. So, uh, you know, the Braves like those type of players. So if he's not starting at second base one night, maybe he's starting in, in the outfield for a favorable matchup. Mm-hmm. We'll see, you know, how the playing time is dictated. But, uh, but again, I, I think, you know, he's coming off a great year, and I think that should, uh, you know, give him a lot of confidence as he comes into here this season, again, with a chance to really get some really regular playing time.
1: Yep, and then uh, another position that's kind of a question mark for the Braves, or maybe one of their weaker positions at the moment, is uh, the hot corner at third base. Uh, What do you think the Braves are going to do with that position? We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, Uh, a lot of platoon options. What are you going to do with Adonis Garcia? Obviously, Sean Rodriguez is a guy who could play there. Uh, If if you think Sean Rodriguez is the uh, second baseman on
0: opening day, who do you think is going to be at third? Well, I think for now, Adonis Garcia would mm. probably be your third baseman to start the season. Uh, you look, I love the adjustments he made in the second half of last mm. year. Uh, offensively, I think you knew what you ex- could get from him. But defensively, he really stepped it up uh, in a big-time way last year. So uh, I was really impressed how hard he worked, uh, seeing him out there at 2, 2.30 in the afternoon, mm. taking extra ground balls, putting extra work in, you know, really trying to be a better ball player. I think that shows a lot about his makeup and his, his character and what type of guy he is. Uh, so I do think Adonis Garcia is your opening day third baseman. And, and you, you look at how this order can play itself out. Obviously, nothing's set in stone yet, but you know, you'd know you think that Dansby Swanson is probably your number two hitter right now. So mm-hmm. you're looking at a lineup right now pretty much the way it looked like at the end of the season with Arte Swanson, Freeman, Kemp probably Marquez then that moves Adonis Garcia to the sixth spot and that gives you some power from that position that you didn't have in the last couple of years so mm-hmm. uh I think that uh, you know again what he brings offensively uh really helps lengthen the lineup out so he to me would probably be the opening day third baseman uh, you know again unless someone comes to camp and really stands out, or if, if Ozzie Albies proves he's healthy enough to start the season and you move Rodriguez over, we'll see. But I think right now, the way things stand, uh, I would expect Adonis Garcia to be your opening day third baseman.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think people have kind of assumed this, but do you expect Ozzie Albies to uh, break with the big leagues at some point this season? Obviously, he's come <laughs> off the injury. He was pushed really aggressively through the minors. I know a lot of people may be expecting him to uh, come up near the end of the year, but do you expect that, or do you think he's still a year off or more?
0: No, I, I think there is a chance we do see him this year. I, I don't think it's to start the season. I don't think mm-hmm. he's on the opening day roster, but uh, who knows? Maybe it's a situation like we saw with uh, with Dansby Swanson last year where you get to July, August, and you start saying, look, this kid's ready. And, and the Braves have, have been pretty uh, consistent with their message with these young players uh, going back to Swanson last year. They said, look, he'll tell us when he's ready. We're not going to rush him. We're not going to put a timeline on him. We're not going to put – expectations or any extra pressure on him when he's ready to get to the big leagues we're going to know mm. and the Braves knew and they obviously they had traded Eric Ibar so they had a an opening there to bring him up but uh, they they stuck with the plan and they don't want to put any added pressure on these young players to go out there and maybe try to be the player that they aren't so I do think we see him probably in the second half of the year uh, and again we'll, we'll see who's uh, we'll see what jockeying happens then. But uh, I think that uh, what we saw last year, uh, if he's able to bounce back and get to back to the player he was uh, before that really freak injury, mm-hmm. I, I really would expect to see him in Atlanta this year.
1: Yep, definitely. It'd be really exciting to see a Swanson Albies middle infield at some point mm-hmm. in the big leagues. Absolutely. Speaking, speaking yeah. of Swanson, uh, what did you see from him, or I guess in the in the clubhouse kind of sense with Swanson? Obviously, we've seen how he can play, how kind of a yeah. dynamic player that he can be. But what were your thoughts on him at the end of the season in 2016?
0: I was impressed. I really was. Yeah, I was impressed. I I think we saw it in spring training Mm -hmm. uh, that he was a guy that wasn't, you know, reading the the press clippings, wasn't, you know, buying into his own hype. He came in. He worked hard. He didn't say a whole lot. Uh, He was a sponge last spring training. And I think that's what you want to see from a guy like a Dansby Swanson going in there. Uh, keep your, you know, keep your head down. You know, don't uh, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't be, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, looking too far into the future. And I think that's what you saw when he came up. Obviously, he was bombarded with media requests for interviews <laughs> and things of that nature. And yep. I'm certainly guilty of a few of those requests. But uh, I think he handled it very well and uh you know they they just wanted to see what they had and they didn't want to put again any added pressure to go out there and go try to hit 300 or you know commit less than an x amount of errors just go out and play the game and, and he did that so uh i've been impressed by the the head on his shoulders i think he's done a really good job and uh I, you know i think he's a he's a kid who's got uh you know, he's got um, obviously a great education he's Great experience playing collegiately at Vanderbilt. So mm-hmm. uh, I was really, really like what we saw from him. Uh, a guy who worked hard, uh, who did all, all the things uh, the right way. And uh, the, the future is extremely bright for Dan B. Swanson. Definitely. Uh, one
1: one quick question about the uh, roster, and then we can move on to more of uh, some general questions about, about the future of the team. But we were talking about the uh, outfield situation a few weeks ago. And right now, you look at the uh, 40-man roster, and it's Ender Inciarte, Matt Kemp, and Nick Markakis as your outfielders. After the Malik yeah. Smith trade, it looks like uh, the backup center field is maybe a, a bigger bench question mark. What do you think the Braves do if, for some reason, Inciarte is not able to go out in center field? Do you think a guy like Jace Peterson or Micah Johnson is a candidate to, to get some time in center field? Or is there another option that we should probably look out for? I
0: what think you- right now, that, that's, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. it would look like. Like I think Jace is, is a candidate for that. I, it was funny. Uh, ben Ingram and I were looking at the Braves chart before we went on the air on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it, it's got Jace Peterson listed at just about every position. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he was listed as the, on, the, on the depth chart on the mound, but just about everywhere <laughs> else. So I think that he's going to have to bring uh, a number of gloves with him to spring training this year. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him moved all over the outfield, moved around the infield, uh, You know, sort of turned into more of a, uh, a utility-type player. Obviously, with uh, Sean Rodriguez now and then with, as we mentioned, Ozzy Albi's not far away, you wonder what's going to happen to Jace Peterson's playing time. So I think, you know, trying to find a guy that's versatile, uh, he's an athlete. Look, he, he's, he's proven that. Uh, you know, he can go out there and he can track balls in the outfield. Uh, so I do expect that, uh, you know, as things stand right now, he would probably be the guy. Uh, and then, look, things can certainly change. You know, the Braves are, are probably going to make, uh, you know, one or two more additions, probably to, to, to find a, a piece for the bench. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, it, who, who that ends up being is still up in the air. If it stands right now, I think Jace would probably be that guy.
1: All right. Sounds good. And then uh, going on to spring training, what is a typical day like for you as a uh, a radio reporter in spring training? What is kind of, uh, I guess, if you could just run through a typical spring training day, not that every day is typical.
0: Are you asking me or are you asking Bowman? I'm asking you. Because you, if you know, ask me, we, we, we just know put Ken it to this, is going through. If you ask Bowman, what we do is we go to the ballpark for an hour or two. We do an interview. We sit on work on our tan outside, and then we go sit by the pool and drink Coronas till uh, it's time to have dinner. But if you're asking me, a typical day, uh, it's a busy day. They're long mm-hmm. days. Uh, you know, we usually get to the ballpark uh, somewhere around 7:15 in the morning. Um, the clubhouse opens to the media at 7:30. Uh, we've got about an hour and a half to, to get guys, do interviews, get sound, whatever we need to do. Uh, and then the locker room will close. I'll usually go up to our radio booth and edit the, uh, the interviews and the audio mm-hmm. I get and send it back to the studio in Atlanta. And then between nine, nine 45 ish is when the guys come out, uh, and start working out, uh, whether it's stretching pitchers thrown in the outfield, uh, there's live BPs, there's, you know, s- bullpen sessions or simulated games, all kinds of stuff takes place. So, uh, for workout days, I'm usually there till about one, one 30. Mm-hmm. And then we go back and, uh, catch a quick snooze at the house before mm-hmm. dinner. Uh, but for game days, it's a whole lot. It's a, it's a, it's a much longer day. Uh, you know, we get there same time we do all of our work and then there's a game that's played and, yep. and uh, so after the game, do the normal, get sound and, and things of that nature, send that back to Atlanta. And then our day is done around five o'clock. Uh, so, uh, you know, spring training game, game days are fun for me. I get a chance to call some games with Ben. I'll be doing, I think, seven this spring. Uh, so that that's uh, that keeps me on my toes a little bit more as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But they're good days. They're long days. They're fun. And uh, like you said, no two days are really alike because there's always something going on. You're mm-hmm. running from field A to field B d and running after the main stadium and trying to catch this guy so uh there's all kinds of stuff going on so i, I get a pretty good pretty good workout and my uh, my sneakers get a pretty good uh, <laughs> a couple of miles in them uh, running around the complex you need Disney to get you guys a golf cart
1: or something at this point sheesh
0: well i've i've said that maybe even like you know one of those little scooters or you know uh, yeah, one of those little, little Segways
1: that – Who is the guy who was using the Segway a few years ago? I think Shelby Miller was uh, always on the little Shelby segue. Miller, yeah. I, think, yeah.
0: I think Shelby was the first one to have it when that craze kicked in. And then I know Williams Perez had one as well. Uh, what I would like to do personally, Los, is get like a bicycle built for two mm-hmm. and uh, me and Bowman can just bikes. ride That would be to... awesome. You we could we do, could do like a little video segment together.
1: of Kevin, Kevin, Mark, do tandem bicycles through spring training and you just talk about stuff. That would be awesome.
0: I I think we need to make it happen. How do we – one of your listeners out there, someone has to know a bicycle company or somebody okay. that would want to sponsor this. Let's make this happen. All right,
1: so if we get someone to send you a tandem bicycle, you have to make sure this actually does happen and we get footage of it.
0: There's I'm just telling you right now, if someone sends us a bike, I will guarantee <laughs> it will happen. Being in Bowman, we will ride to the fields, and I'll tell you this much as well, I will also make sure to get a photo and video of Bowman and O'Brien also oh riding the bike. Oh my gosh, together.
1: I think that would break Twitter. I don't know if I don't know if that'd be okay. <laughs> well let's I mean, let's find out. There's only one
0: way to find out, right?
1: True. All right. So any listeners out there, if you guys know <laughs> someone who makes tandem bicycles, we would really appreciate it. You can uh hit we'll me give up them on Twitter love. or Kevin. We'll give Kevin. them we'll, we'll
0: a yeah, we'll shout out them We'll make it happen. We'll, there's, there's sponsorship opportunities here, Lush.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Kevin is just elevating the podcast today. Um, <laughs> before, we, uh, before we end this, is there anything that I didn't ask you about because I'm a subpar podcast host that you want to talk about with the Braves or just anything in general, Kev? This is kind of your, uh, your free, free segment to talk about whatever you want, I guess.
0: No, I mean, you know, first and foremost, you know, it's going to be a busy camp. I think uh, I'm looking forward to it, to a couple of different things. I think that the fans should really pay attention to between now and opening day. I think the way the rotation shapes up, I think Mike fulton will be your number five starter. I think by the middle of the season, there's a chance he may be your th- number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a chance you know, he, he's just I was that impressed by him at the end of last year. So keep an eye on what the rotation looks like. As we get close uh, to the end of spring training, how the bullpen shapes up and then maybe one spot on the bench. So there'll be a lot going on. And again, uh, you know, we'll we'll have it all covered, uh, whether you're here in Atlanta, 680 the fan, 680 the And then, of course, on Twitter and Instagram, we have you all covered as well. So uh, we will uh, we will be busy and we'll have a lot going on and hope to see some of you guys down there in Orlando this spring.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. All right. Real quick before I let you go. I'm going to ask you a few random prediction questions for the Braves, and we'll see how accurate you are after the season. <laughs> uh, where do you think the Braves finish in the division this year? Oh,
0: man, you're putting me on the spot, Lois. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, if fin- you want to
1: get some time to talk, I put them fourth, and I just said Marlins or Phillies fifth, because I could see the Marlins completely collapsing this year, and I think the, the Braves are better than the Phillies. So I would I would expect the Phillies to finish fifth. And then Marlins in third, and I, I got the Braves uh, comfortably in
0: fourth place. That's an improvement from 2016, by the way. It certainly is. I, I you know what? I'm going to take it a step further, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the Mister Optimistic. I'm going to say third, given okay. the way the offense finished the season. And, and if, if, and again, it's a big if. Mm-hmm. If guys like Bartolo Colon, Ra Dickey, uh, you know, obviously Julio, if the rotation can hold up its end of the battle, uh, I think third is is very uh, attainable.
1: Okay. All right, and then in the rotation, who is going to be the best starting pitcher over the entire season for the Braves? I would say minus for me, Julio it,
0: Tehran, but I feel like I, <laughs> it's kind of
1: cheap to take that away from you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I, I was going to say Julio Tehran, but I'll tell you what. I'll go, if you're going to go with 1A, I'll go mm-hmm. Julio Tehran. And I'm gonna go with one B. I'm gonna take a, a shot here on Mike Nevich. Okay. I really am. I think that this is a, a chance for a, for a breakout season for Fulte. Uh He's healthy. Uh, I think that uh, you know the big thing to keep an eye on with faulty this spring is not getting too ahead of himself. The mental side of the game has been something that's derailed him at times. Mm-hmm. Er- earlier in his career. So just going out there, playing his game and, uh, you know, showing the confidence he did in September, I'm going to say fulton Evans will be 1B. How's that?
1: All right. That sounds good. And then uh, last question, best hitter on the team. I guess there's a lot of ways you could quantify this and make arguments for it, but I feel like last year it was pretty obvious that Freddie Freeman was that guy. So you can do a 1A, 1B if if Freeman's the obvious choice for you, but who do you think is going to be the best hitter uh, after 2017?
0: Freddie Freeman is the obvious choice. Uh, it's hard to say, you know. We'll, we'll see how the ballpark plays itself out. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how, if it's favorable for right-handed power or pulling the you know, with things like those nature. Uh, what we'll see as the the months go along. Mm-hmm. So, Freddie Freeman to me, but Matt Kemp is really. Uh, a guy that I think you know there were some people that were questioning what he had left in the tank and uh, you know could he be that guy that he was maybe a couple of years ago and Mm -hmm. he proved that he could last year so I think Matt Kemp is a huge huge piece of this offense and uh, you know if he's able to go like he did last year and give Freddie Freeman that protection uh, I think that uh, this offense can pick up right Mm -hmm. where it left off so Freeman like you said is the obvious choice but I'll go Matt Kemp
1: Wow, that's. I think one day we should have a podcast where me and you just argue about Matt Kemp because I feel like I'm the most down on Matt Kemp out of anyone on this podcast regularly, and then anyone who kind of tweets about the Braves in general. So that is a little surprising, I'll have to say, Kev. Nice pick.
0: Well, you know, look, we can't always agree. You know, we've got to we've got to you know differ on a yeah, couple of. I guess of these, we so. have to
1: have a little back and forth banter <laughs> on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, if you guys don't follow Kevin on Twitter, you need to. He's at Kevin McAlpin, M-C-A-L-P-I-N. Definitely worth the follow there. Kevin, what's your Instagram? Because I remember, uh, I think the first time I met you, I really just complimented your Instagram because it's that good. So if you guys are on Instagram, Uh, you need to follow Kevin there as well.
0: Yeah, it's the same creative original uh, handle that I used for Twitter as well. Just at Kevin McAlpin. There you
1: go. That's easy for everyone. (laughs) I think that's the best way to uh, push your brand out there. And I'm sure in the next few weeks we're going to start getting some of those awesome baseball pictures you're known for, um, or you can just look yeah. at Kevin's cool baby Max.
0: <laughs> yeah, him too. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, he's growing up too fast, pal. So there's been uh, we've we've had plenty of those photos <laughs> this off season. So if folks want to go back and check them out; they're all on there. So yeah, he's feel free sad. to go so, get, uh, get your fill of the baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Kevin. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. We'll definitely need to have you on more. Um, yeah and enjoy the rest of your off season while it lasts my man because it sounds like you're about to get to work sometime soon
0: yeah you know all all good things come to an end los but uh i can't complain it it beats working for a living i get to go watch baseball every day so uh enjoyed it pal and look let's let's make this bicycle thing happen let's let's really push this i really want to get that tandem bike somebody out there has to know somebody whether it's in orlando here in Atlanta, whatever it is Mm. let's make this happen
1: fantastic we'll we'll push (laughs) that on twitter we'll try and get you that bike kev (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. This has been the Talking Chop Podcast with special guest Kevin McAlpin. We appreciate it. See you next week.